listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to another episode of The 30 Podcast. Huge day in Lakerland. We'll get you filled in on all that. Of course, this podcast brought to you by the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got shows coming out daily. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitchers, you name it, we are there. And of course, go to silverscreenandroll.com. We've got you covered for everything Lakers, news, stats, opinions, analysis. And with everything going on right now, you don't want to miss out. So definitely check it out and follow us on Twitter as well at LakersSBN. One of the main guys who makes all the magic happen at Silver Screen and Roll. Joining me today for this podcast, also hilarious on Twitter as well. If you don't follow him, he is at Anthony Irwin LA. Anthony, what's up, my man? Uh, hilarious on Twitter. I'm I'm putting that on my resume and I'm telling my wife that like that's the that's the case now. It's been said <laughs> out loud in public. I love your tweets. I think you're hilarious on there. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It's it's a it's a pleasure to hop on here. It's a, it's taken a little too long for us to hook up uh, here on this on this channel. I know well, you you you've been crazy busy. I think over the last maybe two three months, and you and you got a bunch of shows uh, on our. You hop on a lot of shows on our network as well. Um, how, for the people who don't know, before we jump into Lakers stuff, how did you get into all this? Oof, uh, on accident, actually. <laughs> it was, um, I was doing, I was working in PR and my boss at the time, uh, his name's John Christensen. He used to do PR for the Portland Trailblazers. And I was on my phone all the time, just kind of looking at, you know, what moves were going on there. And then he and I would talk about basketball all the time. And he told me at one point, he's like, look, man, you, you, you spend enough time paying attention to this anyway. You may as well just make a buck doing it. So have you thought about doing that? I said, oh, you know, well, I'll, I'll look into it at some point. And uh, then at the time on Twitter, it was only 140 characters. And you're, the, the people that you spoke to counted in there. So back then it was Harrison. It was me, a guy named Gary Kester, Ryan Kellepar, uh, uh Ben Rosales. And, and we would have these conversations back then. It was when the Lakers were tanking. And uh, we said, well, this isn't working out very well. So we we just hopped on Google Hangouts and I accidentally recorded one of them and people seemed to enjoy it. So uh, here we are five, six years later and uh, and <laughs> I have a career on accident. Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, you know what? You've become a, a pretty much a go-to source for the, for the Lakers as well. So, I mean, that one fateful day of pressing the accidentally hitting the record button on the Google Hangouts worked out for you. Yeah, it's fitting because uh, the, that season resulted in D'Angelo Russell and, and you know, we, we know how that went. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I accidentally, D'Angelo Russell, the guys that I was talking to there, people seemed to like it. And, and here we are. All right. Well, let's, uh, if, if, if you don't know, we're recording this on a Thursday night. So tons of stuff happened today. Let's yeah. jump into, into the biggest news. Uh, the Lakers managed to create max cap space for free agency. They end up sending uh, Jamaria Jones, Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga to the Wizards. Uh, basically, everything worked out for them that you've been waiting to hear. It kind of came out today in terms of maxing their cap space. Uh, they should have roughly about $32 million, enough to get one of the big dogs. Anthony Davis wound up uh, waving his trade kicker. What do you make of all this from, from Rob Palenka? Because I'll be honest with you, I have been uh, all over him every time I did a podcast, all throughout the season that I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Right. It, it seemed like they didn't know what was going on. He seems to have fixed that now, man, and and we can't we can't take that away from him. But I will say before we jump the gun, the work ain't done yet, is it? Right, right. So I, I think I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, you know. And this might be my own biases speaking too, because I was I was hard on him in in very much the same way that you were. I don't want to go so far as to say that oh, yep, everything's cured, we everything's fixed, we 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 now know that he's great at his job. 
we we still don't know the full story as it pertains to how they got here, why they needed to make an additional trade to open up that cap space instead of him negotiating that in the trade when they offered up the entire roster and half of their cap, uh, draft capital at the time with, with New Orleans in the first place, right? So I, I'd like to know more about it before we say we go so far as to say like, yeah, it's all it's all fixed. Uh, but but you know what? At the end of the day, the Lakers are going into free agency with LeBron James and Anthony Davis recruiting superstar X. Hopefully it's Kawhi. Maybe it's Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's, I don't, you know, Kemba Walker looks like he's heading to Boston. Uh, Kyrie looks like he's heading to, to, to Brooklyn. Maybe it's D'Angelo Russell. Maybe it's Bro- Malcolm Brogdon. But they, they now have these options. And, and there's plenty of work to get done. But putting the Lakers in this situation here is, is all you can ask for at this point. Didn't did it make you think about magic at all? Because I actually did, and I yeah. was like, okay, maybe he was an issue. And I, again, I don't. We don't know the full story. I mean, we read every report, whether it was Baxter Holmes, uh, the LA Times, you know, uh, Tanya Ganguly, uh, uh, Brad Turner. I mean, all of them have come out with their own kind of versions of of what's happened uh, behind closed doors. But if you look at at magic, it's like, yeah, as soon as the guy leaves. They might not have gotten the coach that they wanted, and I think some people are still forgetting about that. That Frank yep. Vogel, although not uh, not a terrible coach, he's not a, exactly wasn't the number one option. Yeah. But when when you look at them, like, do you think Magic not being there maybe alleviated some of the stress on Palinka? And he's like, "Yo, screw it, man! I got the keys to the Cadillac. I'm gonna go do what I want." Uh, I think. Well, I'll put it this way: I don't know if it's so much alleviating stress, right? Because I would imagine Palinka is under quite a bit of stress right now. I, I think. The negotiations themselves with New Orleans kind of detailed some of the stress that he's under. David Griffin knew that he was going to be able to take Rob Palenka for whatever it took to get Anthony Davis when nobody else was making an offer that came close to what the Lakers were uh, wound up uh, proposing in that deal. But to go back to Magic, I think, let's put it this way. How many other team presidents around the league work once a month? twice a month, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? So, <laughs> so like just in, in, in that way alone, right? The Lakers gained back a disadvantage that they had at one point. And, and look, initially, uh, you know, maybe magic Johnson initially said that, yeah, he can't wait to, uh, work as, as the president of basketball operations He's going to be 150% committed. And, and he divested himself from some of his industries or as his, uh, other, uh, jobs that he ha- has all over the business sphere, and and then it you know it turns out at the at the time of his resignation after his resignation he said that he and Jeannie were on the same uh, page and that he actually wasn't going to be there and and she knew that that wasn't going to be the case somewhere along the way there was a miscommunication there and and you know what the Lakers now have the main decision decision maker around the team every single day around the NBA every single day and is fully invested in, in what the Lakers are doing. And, and, you know, it's kind of like defense in the NBA is if the, the starting point in playing good defense is caring about playing good defense. And, and I think for, for the Lakers here, the starting point on, on doing a good job is just being around to do a good job here. And, and in that respect, Palenka is just better than magic. Yeah. And he, he seems to have the work ethic too. And I yeah. think that's one thing people have never questioned about Rob Palenka that he is, I mean, what I don't want to call him a gym rat, but that's, you know, because he's a front office guy, but that's pretty much what he is. He's, he's constantly at the team facility, uh, figuring out, watching hoops, and, and by all means, from what you've heard, 
is that he was way more invested in this team than, than, than Magic was. And you're starting to see that now without Magic in the picture. Yeah, things have started to go a little bit smoother in terms of putting this team together. And, and it's funny, you're seeing, all, I mean, Twitter is like a cesspool of, <laughs> of negativity. And, and it's also a, a weird thing in terms of rumors. But you're, you're seeing all these different opinions on it. Uh, when you look at that, we're both in agreement that getting Kawhi or potentially Kyrie is the best option, right? I mean, that's what they should be looking at right now. Yeah, it's it's Kawhi, and then there's a significant gap to Plan B here, and and you know what I I I'd like to see how this all plays out. The next couple, the next forty eight hours or so are going to be really interesting to see how this uh, new story, new cycle, completely evolves. It's going to be different. It, we've already seen it evolve from over the over the last week or so, right? It went from the Lakers aren't going to get a meeting to, okay, they'll get a meeting, but it's going to be uh, a kind of a pity meeting, meeting right? Kind of like LaMarcus Aldridge's second meeting after the first one was such a fiasco all those years ago. Uh, and, and then, you know, now we're finding out, oh, well, Kawhi was always always had his eye on the Lakers in case they opened up enough uh, cap space. And, and then they did. And now we're finding out that the Lakers are one of three teams that are going to have a legitimate shot at Kawhi Leonard. So I'm I'm interesting I'm interested to see how this continues to progress and and I'd like to at some point find out what it is Kawhi actually values. I nobody quite knows that right now. And as soon as we get a little bit clearer picture in that respect, we'll understand at least where the Lakers stand there and and what the Lakers options become as a result of that. So yeah, it's it's Kawhi and then it's probably Jimmy Butler and then it's probably D'Angelo Russell and, uh, you know, or, or Kemba Walker. Personally, I would, you know, if you can get Russell at like $20 million, I'd rather do that than have to pay Kemba Walker the full 32. And then, and then from there, it's just, okay, how can, how can the Lakers spread out their, their cap money? And, and we'll see how that looks. I, 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 I'm in agreement with you on, on that one thing that, you know what, if you don't get, if you don't get Kawhi and uh, I don't know what the shot is. And, and by the way, a new report as well, that uh, if, if, Clay Thompson's basically saying now that the Lakers have opened up a max spot, if the Warriors don't offer him that $190 million max deal, he's going to consider joining the Lakers too. So, I mean, I think they have to prioritize here that, uh, and if, if we're talking about kind of how you were saying there, I would go Kawhi uh, if, if the Warriors don't offer Clay that, which I think they will end up doing anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Clay, and, and then I think the same thing, and I've been saying it for like a week or so that, hey, you know what? If you can get D'Angelo at 20, 21 million, and then you have some room to play with, and you're not just bringing in old 34, 35 year old guys that you, you make an offer to somebody like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, who you, comes in, she can shoot the three well, he's a hard nosed defender, uh, he's an option for you. You can bring in other pieces like Dwayne Dedman, somebody to fill in the big man spot, you're not overpaying. I almost think that's better to me than, than paying a guy like Jimmy Butler, who maybe in year three and four of that contract, it's not going to look so good anymore. So here's my counter to that. If you get a Jimmy Butler, I think that goes a lot further in in having access to value and in, in caliber of veteran minimum guys you're going to be able to sign, right? So like if you get if you go into the season with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Jimmy Butler, and and all these guys know, okay, the Lakers are going to get they're already going to get insane uh, coverage, but but it's going to be even further to that degree, right? And and if somebody is looking to, you know, have access to this opportunity and then have access to better deals on the other side of this opportunity, I think Jimmy Butler goes a little bit further in convincing 
a, a little better caliber player to do that. So uh, I, I think while, and then the other thing too with Jimmy Butler is he makes up for, let's say LeBron gets dinged up again, right? Well, the players that you would be signing to supplement LeBron aren't going to be the kind of players who can carry you in case he gets dinged up again. Whereas if LeBron gets dinged up and Jimmy Butler is, is there, well, Jimmy Butler can can kind of, you know, keep the keep the boat uh, above water while he recovers in ways that, you know, a Dwayne Dedman and, uh, and a Bogdanovich might not be able to. So I, I personally, I would say I think there's a tier here, uh, a, a pretty clear tier system where it's Kawhi, significant gap, you know, the the Jimmy Butler and maybe Kemba Walker. I don't think they have access to Kyrie Irving anyway, so it's really it's kind of a moot point there. And then from there, okay, fine. Let's see how the Lakers can can spread this money around. And <laughs> look, we talked at the beginning of this how we feel about Rob Polinka uh, and and you know how good he is at his job. If the Lakers do spread their money around, that's where I get a little bit pessimistic again because we saw what happened last year when they had access to enough money to spread around the roster. They wound up with Rajon Rondo and Michael Beasley and Lance Stevenson. And, you know, I'd rather yeah, not we all do saw, that again. We all saw how that turned out. Yeah. And, and it was funny because, I mean, I, I heard Palenka talk some real ish. You know what I mean? When he's on yeah. there going, like, uh, comparing Mike Muscala and, and uh, uh, who else was, I think, Reggie Bullock to to Julian Edelman. Like, oh, right, no, right. dude, like, come on. And, <laughs> and, you know, he's talking about we got shooting. And, and, and you know, Michael Beasley's going to make up for Brooke Lopez. Like, and I, so I agree with you on that. Like, we haven't really seen um, what Palenka is doing on his own. And that's where I'm bringing up the magic thing, right? Like, yeah. who knows how much magic had uh, a say in this? To me, he was probably the ultimate boss on things. And if you told Jeannie, hey, I want to give uh, Rondo, uh, you know, a one-year deal and bring him in, she was going to say yes. Whereas even if Palenka was a little bit hesitant on those, that, you know, magic was going to override it. So that's where I'm interested to see. Because And it's funny you bring up the, the injury thing because – to me, the way I was looking at it is, okay, if you do get Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, and, and LeBron James, and then you're filling that in with a lot of, of old dudes, you know what I mean, 33, 34-year-olds, uh, who, who can't be relied upon to, to stay healthy themselves, really, at that age, you never know, it's a crapshoot at that point, uh, then, then where's the depth going to come from? And, and I think that's where, to me, I've always been looking at it like, all right, yeah, you know what, you can, have, you can be totally front-loaded, but if you don't have guys in there that are at the 6, 7, 8 spot, and I don't want to use... The Raptors, like this year, because I, I think everything kind of they, they had a lot of breaks go their way too in terms mm -hmm. of literally, uh, especially yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, what we saw in the in the final there, and, and you look at the Raptors, like they, they were missing OG Ananobi, uh, who was a, who was a big part of their rotation during the year, more of a, a defensive guy than than anything else. But I mean, you know, people talk about their depth, but they had eight legit guys that they rode through the playoffs, like Jeremy Lin, Jody Meeks, these boys. They barely even saw the court. Yeah, I. It's tough because in the NBA, you have teams that are built for the regular season, and then it's like a completely different game come postseason time, right? And, you know, it, the Dodgers have run into this a little bit, too, in, in recent years, where they have incredible regular season teams. Last year was a little different because of of how weird a season they had in, in converting runners in scoring position, but... But they they had this they had these really good regular season teams and then they get to the postseason and they go up against the teams that are built kind of more for the postseason they run into some issues there right and and I think you know, like Milwaukee kind of fits this mold as well and and really Toronto could have fit this mold as well had Kevin Durant and and Clay Thompson not all at, at the same time gotten hurt 
So, you know, the the idea of depth, I think, is is great for the regular season. But if the the, the point of these next few years is to win championships, mm-hmm. and I think I think Jimmy Butler, even Kemba Walker, uh, le- less to a you know to a lesser degree Malcolm Brogdon and, and D'Angelo Russell, like those guys give you a little bit better chance at at winning a championship than than the more marginal signings of of a Dwayne Dedman as as one of your your key signings over the course of the offseason. Because yes, I, I think with, with uh, D'Lo, I think it works out better in terms of, yeah, you're trying to win a championship. I, I don't, I mean, I, there is a, a drop from, from Jimmy Butler to D'Lo, yeah. but I don't think it's, it's like hugely significant as it would be from, from Kawhi Leonard to, to D'Lo or anything like yeah. that. But, and I also think it, it puts you in a decent position long-term as well, because Anthony Davis is only 26 Absolutely. years old. Uh, D'Lo is a young guy and you're hoping that, you know, this wasn't just an anomaly that he's going to continue to improve as he goes forward in his career. He's a young guy as well. So, I mean, it, that's where it's going to get interesting. I want to touch on a, a couple other things with you just in terms of individual free agents. We'll get into that right after this break. All right, and we are back. So jumping back into the free agency talk, Anthony, I'm going to I'm gonna list a couple of guys to you. I'm going to go through them and just tell me your quick quick hits on them. Okay, let, let's go mm-hmm. through this. Uh, and, and we're not going to consider anything to do with, like, if, uh, you know, uh, if if Jimmy Butler signs, you can get this guy. We're just say openly, would you want this guy on the roster next year at what his market rate is going to be, excluding all the other factors, all right? Okay. All right, DeMarcus Cousins. No. Not even with a 10-foot pole. You're not, you're not taking him on. No, I, the, the Lakers have to mitigate themselves against risk. And I think if, if you go with Mark, DeMarcus Cousins, like we're already hearing about the, the New York Knicks are considering a big one-year uh, offer to him. So it's not like you're going to be able to get him a decent value either, right? He's looking mm-hmm. for a big one-year deal, and then he's looking to 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 move on and be healthy again next offseason when the market is a little more dry. So yeah, I'd I'd rather move on from that, and I think you're you there's there's better value elsewhere. Okay, De- Derek Rose. No, not again. So this is for a different reason. He is when you're looking for point guards to play alongside LeBron James. They need to play defense and they need to, to to spread the floor. And he doesn't really do e- either of those things. He shot the ball okay for for a stretch of last season, but then he got kind of dinged up and he and he fell back to earth as a shooter. And and I don't the, the Lakers can't afford him to be what he was the second half of the year versus the, the first. All right, we'll go with another one here, Nikola Vucevic. I'm okay with it. I think he's going to be expensive though. Like the the Kings really like him. I, I know Vlade really has his eye on him, so I think he's going to be expensive. And and for what you're paying for, I'd rather allocate those resources elsewhere across the roster. I mean, your front court is going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis. Why spend a bunch on on another center? Yeah, and then that's where things people people need to understand. They could literally put me and you as a sixth and seventh man on a team with Kawhi. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and we're going to win 50 games. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's going to be the first one. Uh, I'm going to go down a couple of older dudes now. Actually, I'll start with this one who's been, uh, you know, people have been touching on it. I don't think it'll happen, but Julius Randle. Let's just say he, could, he can come as a package deal with D'Lo. They can make the money work. Would he be somebody you'd want to see in the purple and gold next year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He could play, he could play alongside uh, Anthony Davis, as we saw for stretches last year. Uh, I, he could play alongside LeBron for stretches as as a small ball five in, in some of those roles. I'd be fine with it. I'm a little concerned about how much he's going to go for because he's still relatively young. He's coming off of a 20 and 10 season. So we'll see what he goes at, but but I'd be fine with it. Okay. Uh, Hassan Whiteside. 
No, thank you. <laughs> no, just too much of a head case. Yeah, I, I just it, the the motor guys really make me nervous. The the guys who I mean, over the, the entirety of his career, especially after he got paid, all you heard about him is he just doesn't try hard. And and given how thin this team might be, I, there's just there's no room for guys who just might not try very hard. Yeah, he's like a modern-day Jerome James. I, I'll never forget that because I liked the Sonics back in the day being from Vancouver, Canada. It's so close, <laughs> and and I saw Jerome James just kicking ass that entire playoff, and then, I mean, they lost to San Antonio. But, man, that dude got paid, and then he went on to eat everything that he could with yeah. whatever money he had. So <laughs> we see we see how that turns out, too. Uh, one guy I've, I've kept my eye on, and I'm, I'm actually a fan of him, regardless if they sign one of the big-name guys like Kawhi or not, Darren Carlson. What do you think about somebody like him? I, I would be all for it. I, I think you have to mention he has some domestic violence in his background, which I think you kind of have to mention here. Well, you know, if, if we if I mentioned it last year with Lance Stevenson and then we mentioned it with Jason Kidd when he was hired, you kind of have to point it out with Darren Collison. But but as a basketball player, it makes a lot of sense. He he is kind of sort of the the prototypical backup point guard. Uh, and, and if you if the Lakers do go with like a, a Malcolm Brogdon or a D'Angelo Russell, Collison makes a lot of sense from a basketball standpoint. All right, and, and, and final one for you. And this guy's former Laker, been linked to him, was linked to him a bit during the season uh, last year. Trevor Ariza. I'm concerned he's washed. Huh. I, so usually over the course of his career, there was, there was a thing. It was, it was a legitimate talking point with him was contract year Trevor Ariza. He was in a contract year last year, and he wasn't very good in either of the stops. There was some thought that maybe, you know, he would leave Phoenix and just like Eric Bledsoe, just like Tyson Chandler for a little while, that maybe Trevor Ariza might, you know, kind of rise from the ashes, uh, ironically. But he didn't. He went to Washington, and he still couldn't really shoot, still couldn't really stay in front of anybody. I'm a little concerned he's washed, but if he's a veteran minimum kind of guy, then then absolutely. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, he's he's one guy. A lot of people have been have been talking about. Let's let's keep an eye on on Trevor Reese and bring him back. So like people don't realize he's been in the league 15 years. He's also 34 years old, right? It's wild. And, and I don't. Yeah, like you don't really think about it like that. But I mean, he's been around a long time, and he was pretty effective for for Houston a couple of years ago uh, when they made the run to the uh, conference final, losing in seven to the Warriors. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I get the thing that people are saying. You know we're going to be able to get all these older cheap dudes on contracts, but like you like you mentioned, like we saw Tyson Chandler come out of the buyout period. He played awesome for that first like maybe eight, ten, twelve games, and yep. then his body gave out on him. It wasn't that he just turned into being a crappy player. He just that's just what happens when you get to that age. Yeah, it was tough with him because he was playing over his head when he first came to the Lakers, and then Javale got sick, and he was expected to play longer minutes than he was really supposed to. Period, and that really took a toll on his body. So. You know, maybe if maybe if JaVale never gets hurt, we get a little bit more sense of what Tyson Chandler could have been in a proper role. But but yeah, I mean, that's what you're dealing with when you're when you sign guys who are 34, 35, 36 years old. The NBA is a fast moving sport right now. And and some of these guys just can't hold up. Yeah, it's a different game than, than what it was. I mean, I, I was a I was a teenager basically throughout the uh, throughout the 90s and then uh, early 2000s. But I grew up in that age where, you know, I was 12, 13 years old when the Bulls were, were dominating, going on their run. And you look at the difference in, in the game. Like, you can't just be uh, a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, kind of bigger, slower, lethargic guy who, who kind of, you know, you can tuck away on defense. Like, all five guys have to defend now because there's so much switching and, and, uh, and rot- rotating. And, and if you look at these guys now, you're like, are they going to be able to keep up with a 23-year-old with fresh legs? I don't think so. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing is it's a lot of switching on offense that the pick and it's such a, a pick and roll heavy league and and the, the pace that they play at is insane. And and look, like in the 80s, you could get away with maybe not playing as hard on defense all the time because there was no there was no YouTube. There was no Twitter. There was nothing like that where where you could it was it was very obvious nowadays. It is very obvious nowadays when somebody takes a play off, somebody just videotapes it and and well, DeAndre Jordan's washed now, you know, and, and back then, like you, you, there, there wasn't that. So you were able to get by on on, you know, the, the fourth game in five nights with, you know, all right, I'll miss this rotation. I'll get back and I'll get the next one. You can't quite do that in the NBA now. No, I'm plusing the fact in the 80s, they were probably having smokes at halftime too. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, right, so right. That, that adds on to it too. And the, the science <laughs> and nutrition and all that way different level now. Uh, one thing that I don't think a lot of Lakers fans are talking about and obviously naturally they wouldn't go deep this uh, into it with all the news that's been coming around the big man spot i know you have anthony davis mm-hmm. more before than he is a five just in terms of traditionally i mean he can he could protect the rim and do all that but uh he's not really doesn't traditionally play the big man role uh in terms of being you know around the hoop all the time like you have with a guy like javel mcgee is there anybody sticking out to you or would you try and bring back javel on a cheap one-year deal I'd be fine with JaVale. Uh, Nerlens Noel just opted out with uh, OKC. I think he's interesting, and, and you have that clutch connection there. Uh, maybe he takes a little bit less to play on on team clutch out here in L.A. Those those two guys make a little bit of sense. I, I think Tyson Chandler said he wants to play, so if he's like your fourth big, then he makes some sense there as well. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, I guess, is 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 really high on the Lakers' wish list here. I'm a little concerned about what they would have to pay to get him and whether or not it's smarter to allocate their resources elsewhere. But, but yeah, I, I guess long story short, give me, give me a, a a seven foot tall guy who can run, he can roll to the rim, play 10, 15 minutes and, and defends the heck out of the rim as well. And, and I think you're okay. Like people are talking about Brooke Lopez He's not going to be cheap. <laughs> he's no, he, no, especially not after this year, right? Yeah, like after the year he just had from Milwaukee and and the impact that he had on on everything that they were trying to do out there. He's not going to be cheap, and and what the Lakers are probably looking to do is is it's probably going to be something close to the veterans minimum that they're paying their backup center uh, there for, and and you know that just that really limits what you're going to be looking at. But but given what the Lakers need there, they don't need a ton. It's their their best lineups are going to be with uh, Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron at the four. And so all you need is like 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes a game. And and I think that's findable on on a one year veteran minimum deal. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm with you on I'm with you on the JaVale thing, because uh, what he was doing in the beginning of, of last season, he was awesome. Like, I mean, he was playing perfectly off LeBron in terms of if there was a lane, he would find it the perfect time to cut. Uh, ro- rolling off the the screen and roll and catching alley oops over the top. He he was doing everything. He had pneumonia. It never really bounced back from that. And I agree with you. I mean, you don't want to have Javale McGee playing 35 minutes because it means your team's not very good. Yep. But if you're if he's out there for you know if he's out there for 10 15 minutes, uh, he, he's doing his job. So you know, as, as everybody knows, we're coming up on we're coming up on free agency uh, officially kicks off on in a couple of days, about less than 48 hours from now in terms of the negotiating period. What's your sales pitch to Kawhi? Because I'm looking at it like this, and, and a lot of people saw it the other way, that if if the Raptors lost, let's just say, in the conference final, or they lost a hard-fought 
final series against the Warriors, he would have went back. I've always looked at it the other way. And I know people in Canada, because I'm from there, are freaking out right now. When they saw the yeah. news today, the Canadian people on my Twitter feed were like, oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, this better right. not be happening. But I'm like, the fact that he won and did everything that you can really imagine there. It's not like the, the Raptors are on the verge of being a dynasty. They'll be a contender next year. They're not set up to win championships, you know, five out of the next six years or anything. He's done what he's needed to do. Is this opportunity for him to come home and, and create really the best big three of all time in terms of when you look at where they're at in their careers. Yep. But if you were sitting there and you're Rob Palenka and you're, um, you're LeBron James, what's your sales pitch to Kawhi? If I'm, if I'm talking to Kawhi, and 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 this has to come probably from LeBron. Like Polinka can try to speak in the meeting. Genie Bus will probably speak to some of the business opportunities that they can present him. But but I think the most important voice in the room here is going to be LeBron. And if he if LeBron is willing to tell Kawhi, look, uh, maybe over maybe next season some people will will see this team as is my quote unquote my team, right? Uh, and 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 you know maybe that only lasts a month. And and I'll do everything that I possibly can to to take a step back and say, no, actually, Kawhi is our dude. Kawhi is going to take us. We're going to go so far as Kawhi is going to take us. And if Kawhi is if, if he's really interested in being the alpha and if what he cares about most is winning a title, there is no team that can present the the opportunity that the Lakers can present right now. None. He, he can go to the Clippers and his second best player is going to be Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari. You know, I, I maybe that's that's interesting to him, but but in terms of teams that will start next season with a legitimate chance to win a title, not just next year, but the year after that, and and maybe even you know if LeBron uh, does after his after his first contract with the Lakers is is out, uh, if he if he comes back and he's and he's still willing to 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 play a lesser role to Kawhi, like this is something that can you can build on for years to come and and. If if you're if all Kawhi is focused on is winning a championship and winning it in Los Angeles, then I, I just there's there's no team that can overcome what the Lakers are are offering. And then, you know, in the background, I would have a picture up of Blake Griffin and I would say, <laughs> <laughs> and I would just point to, hey, you know, one of the things that you should maybe ask uh, Steve Ballmer about is. You know, you told Blake Griffin that he was going to be your your cornerstone. The the you wanted him to be a Clipper for life, and um, a few months later, he was in Detroit, right? Uh, and and I would say, you know, if what if what Kawhi values is trust, uh, then it's going to be tough to overcome what he what he has in Toronto because he has firsthand experience with with those guys managing his minutes, uh, working with him on 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 his schedule and and his and and help manage you know, how he approaches basketball. Uh, but if, if, if the Lakers can go out and, oh man, I think his name is Alex McKechnie is mm -hmm. the guy who works for, for uh, Toronto right now. If they can convince him to come over here and, and, and they tell Kawhi, look, we're willing to do whatever it takes to, to work with you on, on, on keeping your body as strong as possible. And then winning a championship. I, I, there's just, I'm biased, obviously, but I just don't see how the Clippers factor into that that specific conversation. Yeah, like I, I see Max Kellerman on uh, on first take saying, you know, he, the Clippers, that's where he's going to end up. And I look at that, I'm like, okay, the Clippers were a nice story last season. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, they, they, they don't really have a bona fide superstar. Lou Williams is is just fun to watch, and he's a, he's a great basketball player. But they don't have a ton behind them. And it's like, okay, you're going to hope Shea Gilgis uh, Alexander makes another leap. You're going to hope... 
uh, Landry Shamet makes a leap, which we didn't really see with the Lakers young guys that we were waiting for, you know, the last couple of seasons that they're yeah. going to, you know, this is the year they're going to insulate LeBron a little bit and he's not going to have to do it because the young guys are ready to step up. And I think Kawhi's almost stepping into that same type of role as LeBron was, was doing here. It, yeah, they had a nice run. Uh, they, they challenged the Warriors a bit. I also think the NBA, as much as, as any other sport, you know, other than when you talk about an individual one like uh, mixed martial arts, it's about matchups. And the Clippers just matched up well with the Warriors, and they played them hard during the regular season too. So let's not get carried away the fact that an 8 seed took a couple of games off a of 1 seed because in the bigger picture, that doesn't mean anything. Maybe Kawhi really believes in himself, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe he legitimately thinks that he is the guy and and is willing to disregard the fact that the uh, Warriors literally broke in front of him and still gave him a run for their money uh, in in last year's finals. Maybe he really honestly believes that. If that's the case, he goes to the to, goes to the Clippers and guess who he has to contend against four times a year. It's going to be LeBron and it's going to be Anthony Davis and it's going to be those guys who, by the way, he he left at the at the altar, right? He. It's going to be not only will will they, you know, have the opportunity to go against them over the course of the regular season, but maybe they meet in the playoffs. And you're going to tell me that that Kawhi wants to face off an angry LeBron James in the playoffs that that he that he just left there hanging uh, when the Lakers made the opportunity and opened up the opportunity for him to come play for them. Like I don't maybe he really believes and he probably does. And he's right to right. He's he's probably the the league's best two way player right now. But I wouldn't yeah, want to piss off LeBron. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just I, I, and that's funny. I, I wouldn't want to do it either because he'll be he'll be motivated this year. And, and, yeah. and I, I think Interesting. the only thing that, that could get in LeBron's way is is father time, which, as we've seen throughout the history of athletics, except for Tom Brady, who knows what that bastard's doing at this time. But uh, uh, yeah. if you if you look at it, everybody else um, has kind of succumbed to all right. Uh, you know, they just got old. Not to say LeBron's going to turn from being a 27 point per game uh, guy to a, a guy who can barely put up 15. It just, that's the only way I can see him still kind of not living up to what we're expecting to see because there was so much hype coming into last season and, and they didn't live up to him as a team. And we saw what happened after Christmas when they beat the Warriors. I mean, just virtually torpedoed the season. So yeah. he's going to be motivated to come back. They're, they're stacking the deck here. Uh, I do hope they get it done. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, one thing to update y'all on, if you, if you haven't heard, uh, Mark Stein just put out a tweet. Just put it out. Yeah, Kyrie Irving remains as much of a target, and I'm quoting here for the Lakers, as Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's saying, league sources say, now that Lakers are sure they can open up the max cap space, they're swinging for the fences despite all the signals that are pointed towards Irving going to Brooklyn. What do you make of that? So it was weird. I was I was reading a piece from uh, Johan jo- Jovan Buha of uh, of the Athletic. He covers the Clippers for them, mm-hmm. and he wrote up a, a thing about you know what what which teams have the best chance of landing Kyrie Irving, and then I think Jimmy Butler was one of them. Kawhi Leonard was one of them, and and no no, no this was all on Kyrie actually, and the team that he had second at that time, and this was only uh, maybe a week or two ago, was the Lakers. They were second to Brooklyn. And, you know, I DM'd him and I asked him, hey, how much is this uh, speculating? How much is re- how much is this reporting? And he said just about equal parts. He said that, you know, some of the people uh, around the league were telling him, yeah, he, this is a possibility. And, and you know, I, I was I was kind of taken aback by it. It seemed to me that Kyrie Irving was was definitely heading to Brooklyn. And then, you know, I said I, I did a little bit of digging myself. And and it turns out that. You know, he really had his eye on whether or not the Lakers are going to be open to uh, able to open up that cap room, especially if they landed uh, Anthony Davis. 
and that Anthony Davis's presence, because remember, the original plan was going to be one of the original plans was going to be Kyrie, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis playing together in New York for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Kyrie or, you know, Kevin Durant getting hurt throws a wrench in that as well. There's there's some talk that if Kevin Durant doesn't go to the Nets, that the Nets might be a little reticent to uh, to to bring in Kyrie Irving by himself as the lone alpha there. So, you know, I'm, I, I still think obviously Brooklyn is in the is in the driver's seat here. But but the Lakers do have a bit of a chance here. And and they got one of the guys who was going to convince Kyrie uh, to, to leave Boston in the first place. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, I still think it's a it's it's a, an immense gap between Kawhi and Kyrie as far as who I prefer, though. Yeah, Kawhi is, to me is is the number one target now yeah, that it's becoming lot. like more and more like realistic. Like now that we're seeing it, you're like, damn, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right, can, can right. you imagine those three together? Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy 48 hours right now. I mean, I, I'm reminding uh, anybody's listening, recording this on a Thursday night, so uh, free agency less than 48 hours away now. But uh, this is why the NBA is awesome, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Good luck. I, I Every time I this time of year that that I try to sleep every single time my phone vibrates at night, I'm popping up and I'm ready to write something or or, or speak about something or tweet out something, whatever it is. This is that time of year where, you know, you tell your loved ones, hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) I've already (laughs) apologized uh, ahead of time to my wife, uh, my my pregnant wife, by the way. Hey, I'm sorry. This is going to be a rough week and it's going to be a rough week. But but I promise I'll make it up to you on the on the other half of this thing. Yeah, no problem. The rest we have the rest of July and the rest of summer to, to, to do what we need to do. But <laughs> yeah, the right, first right. week of July is mine, and I got to do it, baby. Hey, if I'm bringing home the money, man, I, this is part of my job. That's yeah. the best. That's the best excuse of working in sports media is you're like, I got to watch the game. It's for work. You can't say anything about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it that works for a little while. Like eventually, yeah, eventually true. they're like, you, there are 82 of these things. You can't you can't step away for a little bit. There are, there are 400 free agents on the market right now. You can't step away for one of them to see what's going on with one of them. Uh, but no, I no to, to to answer the question. No, I can't step away from one of the games. Yes, I do have to pay attention to uh, as many of the 400 free agents to be that the Lakers present. And 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 you know what? Like nobody wants to hear us complain about this. It's a dream job. It's a dream gig. It's this is this is. This is what uh, you know. A lot of people would would kill to be able to do, and unfortunately, here you are, here you and I are doing it. Yeah, and it, it, we we live for this stuff, and it, it's funny. People people ask like, oh, you know, it must be easy. It's like it's not easy either. I mean, you you have to sacrifice a lot of days, a lot of time, especially throughout the season, and and you got to love doing it, and 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 you do, and it it's been so fun, uh, just being a part of of the media world. It's it's best decision I ever made. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this, though. I think enough of the sentimental talk. We'll sit mm-hmm. and talk about how how happy we are with our decisions at, over a beer <laughs> or something at some point. But uh, ultimately, Monday, July first rolls around. Yeah. Uh, we're getting late into the evening on on Pacific. The deals have already came out. What do you think the Lakers look like Monday night? Well, we still won't know. I think Kawhi. It's going to take Kawhi a couple days to make July second. That's right. Is is the is the meeting? But okay, let's just say a, a week from now. What's the Lakers? Name the top five guys in the Lakers roster. Let's say off Oof. the top of your head. All right. So I guess I get Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kyle Kuzma as my is my freebies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Alex Caruso uh, not up there at number four. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so actually, they kind of sort of, like they have to renounce him and and go through all these weird hoops. Pincus, uh, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report detailed that uh, really well the other day. But all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out there. I think they get Kawhi. 
I think I, I think they get Kawhi and and uh, you know he's their he's their their best player heading into next year. LeBron is number two. Anthony Davis is number three. Kuzma's number four. And then I think you know their point guard that they that they hope to to bring in there with the room exception. I'm going to say that's Seth Curry. That's that's wow. where I'll go. Yeah, and uh, that's one guy actually we didn't mention that I'm pretty high on too. I think he brings a lot of what they need just in terms of being a shooter. He's young. He's got the legs, and and he's eager to chase. He could chase around little dudes like his brother Steph Curry on the three point line all day and not get tired. So uh, it's it's going to be a, a wild wild thirty six to forty eight hours here. Get some rest, dude. Thanks again. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, it, it was fun talking to you. I know we're the first time we've connected really over the season, but uh, we'll do this again for sure sometime. Hey, thanks for having me anytime. All right, that's Anthony Irwin of uh, of our group, the SilverScreenRoll.com group. You can check him out on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, also, check us out. We're going to have you covered basically for all the wildness that's happening over the next 48 hours here at Lakers SBN. Check us out, of course, at SilverScreenAndRoll.com. And we're dropping pods pretty much while every day. Now is the crazy time for us, but it's a good time for you as a fan. The rumors are coming in. Uh, like I said, it's going to be wild, so stay tuned. Uh, don't forget to check us out, uh, the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are on Google uh, Podcast, Stitcher, you name it, iTunes. We're there. We'll check you all out next time.